Martin Piskoric and I'm asking thought leaders, entrepreneurs and executive coaches around the world simple questions about the leadership gap we are facing in the 21st century. Maybe some of my respective guests' answers can help you in finding new ways of thinking, problem-solving, work-life balance and having higher resolution of mind. Quiz owners describe Mark Lader as energetic, information-filled individual who is enjoyable to work with, as a facilitator, innovator and motivator, leader who is able to cut through the distractions to ensure delivery of quality work on time and to budget. Mark uh, is my guest today. Mark, hi. Hi, how are you doing, Martin? Thanks, I'm fine. How are you doing today? I am, I'm looking forward to what we're going to be doing today. Okay, that's, that's beautiful. That's nice. So, Mark, uh, nice to have you definitely in 21st century entrepreneurship. Uh, can you introduce yourself uh, to the audience? Yeah, in a, in a nutshell, I've been in and around coaching since 1984. And I've been in and around licensed coaches' businesses in the early 90s. I think we trained about 150 in those days. And then we seem to have specialized over the years in bringing often American business concepts to UK and Europe, which they were great in the States, but they didn't work so well over here. And our theme became the how do you communicate this message to a more European-type of business audience? So that became our speciality. And over the many years of working with practitioner-type people, we always seem to end up in the same place, which is this whole place of there's lots of quite good coaches and lots of good therapists, but they don't really like the sales and business of their business. And because we came from that background, we often could help them do that better and less painlessly. So all of the things that we've been led to seem to be about we can help more people reach more clients by helping them get mm. the business system side of what they do working. And that's sort of where you and I came in through um, our friend in, in, that we both know in, in Mr. Roberts. Let's start the interview by addressing problems you see in our 21st century entrepreneurship. Is there any leadership gap? Uh, what do you see as major issues uh, most of us cope uh, with on a, on a daily basis? Um, the, strangely, uh, Martin, the, the number one problem may be something in terms of the way everybody's talking about this area, and there's a fundamental flaw in it which is, I don't really think it's an entrepreneurial revolution. 
mm-hmm. because entrepreneurs in the classic sense invent businesses that work and that most of the people again thinking of things like new industry like the coaching industry and people who've gone into new businesses often if you said to them have you done this by choice so if you could be getting a regular salary but without a boss who you didn't like and without having to be somewhere at nine o'clock and travel across town most people that are now sort of setting up this new generation of businesses aren't doing it for the reasons entrepreneurs did it years ago they're doing it sort of because they have to and it makes them what i might call enterprises not entrepreneurs and if we look at them as enterprises as people who they might kind of want to be in business but they didn't necessarily have the entrepreneurial drive or desire to do it then that kind of person they may have a skill or something that they're very good at but that's where we get into this key problem of most of the countries we're all from we've been taught as academics and to respect academia which means we've got these great knowledge banks and we've got Google now where we can find anything out. But what we've got is people who are full of knowledge but who aren't very good in business. And that's the number one, if you want to call it, almost leadership challenge as to where are the innovators who can help the people with great knowledge reach more people. So there's almost a bridge that's missing there's the or we sometimes call it they've all got these reservoirs of knowledge but the reservoirs aren't connected to the mains so it's the connecting and that's a word that you know is very important to me that you might come back to as we as we go it's connecting the resources now you and I are doing now if we tried to do this five years ago was probably two thousand pounds or we just couldn't do it well here we are doing it more or less for free and you can then broadcast it to hundreds if not thousands of people and they can get it for free or five pounds or small amounts of money so suddenly we now live in the world where there really are tremendous resources but the resources aren't attached and available in the ways that most people can work with them and that probably is the umbrella challenge that i see that now more people go i know the opportunities are there but they can't connect it up in a way that they can make it work speaking about connectivity there are a lot of businesses around the world not remotely engaged in new dynamic market. What is the situation in UK? 40% of businesses have no online presence whatsoever. That's amazing. They might have got some kind of website that they spent £3,000 on in the earlier generations, and it's a shop window, but it doesn't do anything, and it's sat there gathering dust. So they've never really taken online as a proper strategic again it's not connected to anything so we've got these unconnected resources so that was a that was a, a, a headline from the federation of small business that said there's so many businesses that there's this big digital revolution out there but for every 10 business owners as you meet four of them it might well have been something that happened somewhere else because it hasn't really other than what they might see on the news affected their lives or business 
one bit. So part of the connecting all these resources focus that certainly you and I have talked about is that person or those four out of 10 business owners for all of these great things out there, it's not reaching them in a way that they either understand or they feel comfortable with. We want to be able to go and talk to them physically in some cases or certainly communicate with them in a way that if it's a Croatian talking to a Croatian or it could be a Croatian living in France, but they they'd still want to talk to each other. Or it could be two blokes from Swindon in the UK where you get people who talk the same language physically having a conversation where the business owner can get a result from that builds their confidence without having to spend thousands of pounds that then opens a relationship that says, hey, you know, I could do more with this. And it's being willing to go slow at the start to build up pace where so many businesses and so many people who like to go into business who also fall in these early stages because they can't get it all working. It's almost more frustrating than it was 10 years ago because 10 years ago, people that chopped wood, they chopped wood and they sold it. And, you know, it was all sort of what we think of Man buys wood, man shapes wood, man makes it into furniture, man sells it. Well, now that same man's got 78 different ways of doing it. Well, where do I start? It's like, you know, we get lost and confused so that the world feels so much more complicated, albeit that there's bigger opportunity. So it's that realizing that for just in the UK example, which must be plus or minus similar across Europe and it'll be appreciable even in parts of the States, that it just means that there is a lot of people that these new opportunities are completely bypassing. And I, for one, would certainly like to go say hi, because that's how we all expand our economies. If I understood you well, uh, the collaboration problem is deeper than online business. There are a lot of offline issues as well. I would say we are very often in autopilot mode. We used to do our business uh, in a way that give uh, us some results. That is our comfort zone. And most of us do not dare to step out of our comfort zone. Uh, what is your experience? What uh, most of people uh, business comfort zone looks like, or better to ask, uh, what is the main discomfort zone issue? Um, I think the main discomfort zone, as an overall, again, is whether it's, you know, again, most experience in the UK, some in the States and some European businesses, but across a quite a broad range, the number one thing that most business owners like to do and, you know, the figures sort of four-fifths, 80% of business owners, they like, if they work on cars, they want to work on cars. The marketing and the, you know, the guy that came to fix my car before Christmas, and he's a mobile guy, and it's freezing cold, and he's dirty, and, you know, but getting him to write an invoice, and, you know, he's a great mechanic, but 
the actual shaping of his business and looking for new customers. And that's where the headline comes down to the great hide our, hide our eyes in horror. Most of them don't like selling. Most of them. Mm-hmm. If you send them somebody to, I've got a problem with the car, but how do you create a, a constant stream of prospects coming in for your service, all of that marketing type stuff as a headline, that's the biggest discomfort area. Mm-hmm. And hence, a lot of our approaches are designed to how do you get that where we don't think we need to, nor is it really possible to turn the person who really loves the stuff of their business into somebody that suddenly wants to be a great salesperson. They're they're, they're different types of personalities. But can we get them resources that means their business can have a 24-7 sales capability on terms that everybody can win at? Yes, they can. And it's that realization of, well, I'm a guy that likes to work on cars or I'm chopping wood or, you know, whatever they do, that mainly people who start businesses – come from the thing their business does, not the business stuff around it. And that's now becoming the most important area if you're going to thrive in a world the way it is today because there's lots of people who can fix a car, but there's not many people who can fix it in a customer-friendly way and follow up but in a way that the customer really appreciates. That guy wins today, and the bulk of the marketplaces have still got technician business owners who, frankly, don't even like dealing with customers. So it's the sales area, if you boil it down, is Mm -hmm. the one discomfort zone. Mm -hmm. So someone is an expert in some specific field but do not reach the target group? What kind of activities are missing regarding that sales activity? Can you be more specific? Yeah, I think, I think for the most part, you know, it, it, if you come back to industry that we know, sort of when I was in the States in the early 90s and then I came back, sorry, um, in the early 2000s, I came back and the joke was there was a life coach at every bus stop in Britain all of a sudden. And I'd go to some of these meetings just to find out, you know, how they were going on. And, you know, long and short of it was they weren't earning any money. And they'd spent £3,000 to be trained as a, as, as a coach. And for the most part, they believed they were going to put a little sign out the door saying life coaching would be a queue. And the, the, there wasn't enough knowledge of the marketplace for customers to want to buy that. You know, established places like chiropractors and osteopaths can still struggle to find customers. So it's the understanding that being trained to be a chiropractor or a coach or Obviously, you've got to have a core product offering, but for the most part, without the business systems and the recognition of how your business works to bring in a constant source of your target prospects and all of that sales language, without that, you might be the best chiropractor in the world and you'll still fail. So it's the sales 
acquisitions, sales engagement systems that we see people that on the face of it, they're very good at what they do. But if they don't somehow put that in, they've got a cart, but they haven't even got a horse. It's not that they're in the wrong position. They haven't got one. So they're always going to struggle to be the type of business that they get one client and then they're not selling. So in the next month, they've got no clients. So really, they have to cut their money in half. And millions of businesses get stuck in that specific area because they haven't got a sales engagement system. What is the solution from your perspective? Well, the, the solutions actually become very simple in many ways because I can remember clients who you know, that we were showing who had exactly the problems that we've just been talking about. And the particular lady I'm thinking about is, is a coach top lady. She's very good, and she invents these new training courses, but there's never a way to take them to market. And we were showing some various things, and she kept saying to me, look, Mark, I love what we're doing, but I don't care what it involves. I'm not going to get on the phone and, you know, prospect and cold call and stuff. This is a few years ago, but even then I said to her, Sean, her name was, you don't have to make the calls. You just have to find a system that gets you those things. And today, because when I said that through a few years ago, what we needed was not easy to find. It could be done and was certainly more expensive. Whereas today, in a world that you can get, you know, email broadcast systems that can be 200 emails a day for free to then lock it together with a CRM system to track your leads for nothing forever. You know, these tools are a little bit of messing to put them together, but they do work. They take a little bit of time, but the ability to be able to do all of these sales activities in a sense, almost with the touch of a button after you've done that, a bit like learning to ride a bike. You fall off a few times, but we all get there in the end, and it then becomes a very simple, usable tool. Those tools are now out there, and it means that every business, the Bill Gates line years ago of putting a PC on every desk that everybody laughed at, and now there's 12 devices in an average household, never mind an office. Well, my line version of that is every business can have their own I'd say salesperson to get a reaction, but it really means sales resource. They can get people to do their social media for them. They then have got the tools that can be lined up for free or for very small amounts of money to create a sales engagement system that every business then has a 24-7 capability. And with a little bit of help, anybody can have that today. And can that help comes from you? Yeah, that certainly we, we, we've got a jokey sort of line in a way that if you think of Uber, that the world's largest taxi firm, but it owns no cars because it's redeploying resources called people's cars into taxis. And Airbnb, the world's largest hotel chain, owns no buildings. Again, people and places that are empty places where if you connect the two, well, our kind of fun little name became, well, let's build the world's biggest sales team 
but it won't have any salespeople. It'll just have what we call business connectors. As a new profession of all of those jobs that business owners never get to do, that the business connector can do for them and make a small income out of, but from that relationship, the business owner then gets jobs done that they didn't get done, so they save some time. They start to feel that they're making headway, in which case, as their confidence goes up, who they're going to ask almost like the Ghostbusters line, who are you going to call? Mm -hmm. Well, they're going to call your business connector. So uh -huh. whether they're employed by the firm, and in most cases they won't be, there'll be resources that they can draw on, and the biz connector might work across connecting all sorts of different businesses in a town, or they might work with, say, six or seven businesses that they specifically, you know, six or seven coaching businesses, six or seven legal firms. They could specialize. So there's lots of ways it could be done. But the message is connecting up the business owner's own business. So that's where we can do questionnaires to help them increase their own profitability and then externally connect them with the deals and collaborative economy that is all happening. But an awful lot of people aren't involved with for the same reasons they're not involved in the digital stuff either. So yes, that our, our belief is if most businesses can get access to connectors that will do all of those link jobs, then suddenly a lot of things that they're finding hard today become quite easy. Did you start collecting some case studies? Well, we, we've been, because we've been doing this forever, <laughs> in uh -huh. a sense, but yeah. not under that name. Okay. So we've been doing it with people, you know, we work with some specialist financial people who work with business owners. So because the world had got very bored with pensions and, and it's all very complicated, they looked for simple things that they call door openers that, for example, you know, under UK law, and it probably applies in other places, if you ask 100 business owners, did they know they could pay their life insurance out of the business? So not from their after-tax money, but inside the business, the vast majority of them say no. So, well, why don't they know that? Now, on the basic case studies, that saves an average business owner, I think the figure is something like £18,000. Wow. And that's bottom line money for information that costs the business owner nothing. Now, we've got a series of those kinds of things or little cheap memberships of business organizations that in the event that you got sued by somebody that can cost you £5,000, well, just for a little membership of £200, that business owner then is more protected, they feel more comfortable, they've got 24-7 helplines. Well, we've pulled together a mass of those kinds of things because then the business owners feel all those little pebbly jobs are getting done, which means they're more confident. They can do more of the bits that they like. They can focus on the sales engagement system and on that bit to grow the business. And people, there's other people in the town who are also benefiting from that. And you end up with everybody's doing the bits that they're good at. So it's... We've got hundreds of little case studies of that nature, and the place that we're at now is all the branding stuff, all that really bringing mm -hmm. it all together mm -hmm. on the brand. And because the profession, as 
professional business connectors, not mm-hmm. our brand bit, biz connectors as a kind of a fancy name, because mm-hmm. there is a need irrelevant of us for the business marketplace to realize if everybody had access to a business connector, a professional business connector, whether it was through us or not, the economies that we all work in will expand because they cause more transactions to get done. And that's all an economy is, isn't it? The sum of the transactions. That's basically my last question to you. What's next? What's next for us is we've got a series of pilots in terms of the using the tools where we, and there's all the prettying up phase of, you know, standardizing them, but really it's the piloting of that where I was with a chap yesterday who I trained a number of years ago as a coach, very successful guy now, and, you know, taken up NLP and blended with other things to make a really powerful solution for people. But he's got licensees that, guess what, struggle with exactly the problem that we've been talking about. So in the places that he's looking to open up, that gives me a reason to put a business connector with them because instantly they can collaborate instantly they both feel new in something but they've got somebody else in a similar situation they've got complementary resources and skills so it, the more people i work with like that the more i can cause like a, a podding effect we've done a lot of work over the years with a very specific type of telemarketing and and telemarketing in the uk has got a bit of an iffy image but this is high end where the client only pays for guaranteed appointments with the type of people that they were typically high-end people now if you were to say to people would you pay 500 pound for an appointment or it's very expensive well if you sell 15,000 type programs and you know you sell one in three so That 1,500 investment in the three to make a tenfold return on investment. Well, in business connecting terms, that's almost like an elite introduction service. So we're bringing in those kind of areas because then you end up with lots of different ways business connectors can make money, but also lots of different specialist services that business owners can take advantage of on a risk-free basis. So... Even gluing all of that together now becomes where we go next because we know there's lots of people who are looking for if you if you if bringing suppliers who will work on performance based terms, which means everybody's sharing the risk. If we win together, we all win big, and if we lose, we all only lose a little bit. That's the single biggest shift in sort of this business connected world that I'm looking to make is because historically the what customers are being asked to do by the supplier, suppliers, ultimately even guarantees aren't worth anything. So what's got to change is the way the collaboration is set up so that 
we win together or lose a little bit. And that's the major change that all of this starts to, to trigger because then the need for biz designers and other specialists that come out of the, the Uber, the business development sales team that only has business connectors, not salespeople, that starts to be a resource that can touch every single business. Oh, well, Mark, it sounds like a great business model. Always pleasure talking with you. And you, my friend. Thank you very much. Uh, looking forward to our next interview and wishing all the best with your initiatives. And thank you. And good luck with the podcast. And anything I can do to help, let me know. <laughs> <laughs>